0: I've lived a thousand lives, I've piloted a thousand souls, I've and gone and died, for another role.
1: This is the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Hello and welcome to Happy Jack's RPG podcast, season thirty, episode seven. My name is Kimmy.
2: My name is Adam. I am Chris Tofer.
0: <laughs> that was
1: that was super smooth. It's been a while, huh? Chris? Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, so we have yeah. We have Chris Gray with us here tonight. Amazing game author, and uh, it's been a while since he's been in our studio.
2: Yeah. This has yeah. been forever. I've never been in this studio. In this studio, yes. This is, yes. This.
1: But you just got done running a campaign for us.
2: Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little salty that uh, Disney and Marvel respectively decided to steal our game idea and, your, and create yeah. some popular show. Mm, weird. Moon, moon about night, a gosh. moon night.
3: I mean, <laughs> what? Amazing. All <laughs> right. Anyway, anyway. Laying, yeah. Right? yeah. Come on.
1: In today's episode, uh, Gerald from Toronto wonders if imbalance and restrictions are act actually improve the gaming experience. New listener, woohoo! Yay! Uh, new listener, CD is a first time GM trying to run D anD D for ten players. <laughs>
0: okay,
1: okay. Yeah. We'll see, get. We'll see get see to, a to that. With we'll that. We'll get to that, my friend. And. Bill from Washington, who is completely a stranger and not our friend Bill Roper, it's Bill Roper, <laughs> shares a TPK story.
0: <laughs>
1: if you'd like to contribute or a question or story to our show, you, may e- you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Uh, please send emails. We're running a little low. I'm getting a little nervous. Um, we'll just start making stuff up. You don't know, You don't want to know what happens when we run improv- out of emails. We can improvise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like you yeah. improvised your name at the beginning of this show.
3: <laughs> I was doing that for dramatic effect. Oh,
1: okay. yeah. Sure. Oh,
3: I have a plan. I know what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start making up stories about you, the listeners, playing <laughs> with each other and doing horrible things to each other. This is a good idea. And then I'm going to mail those in as horror stories. Like... Yeah. Oh, I, I
1: thought you were going to yeah. be like, so it's like, fanfic, no. uh, no.
3: no, well, kind of. Yeah. But I'm going to be like, hi, my name is, is, uh, is, uh, wait, who are our listeners? Yeah. Uh, we're really oh, good at this. Oh, improv. There thing. we go. My name is Dork Lord Canada and I've been <laughs> playing with this asshole named Weasel Creature and, uh, and, and this horrible person named Erica Odd joined our game. <laughs> And they have just ruined my experience with RPGs. That's the kind of content that you're going to get if we run out of emails. Yeah, I know. think they're going to want that now.
1: Yeah, now they're going to be really excited. They want your fan fanfic.
3: <laughs> my fan fanfic. <laughs> now I really want to write fan fanfic about you all. So, okay. All right, <laughs> horror stories about our fans yes. coming from my imagination soon. For our fans. For our fans. That's right. That's right. right. Remember, happy Jacks. After dark. After <laughs> Dark uh, <laughs> <laughs> has been a while. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, announcements! Yay! The audio in the studio is officially fixed. Uh, we ran a one shot to test it this last weekend, um, mm-hmm. and it is on YouTube already, and it's going to hit the one shot feed very soon. Thank you so much to all our amazing Patreons and people mm-hmm. who donated from our Do Baby Registry, who just like made this possible because without you. I still would be, like, crying, like, trying to figure out, like, what was making the crazy echo. So I appreciate you all. Thank you for, like, helping be part of the team and make making this space work. We're very excited about it. And Chris was very impressed when he came in tonight.
2: Yeah, yeah. this is amazing. I got to run a game in here. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, you do. All right. And uh, JackerCon is coming up. It is July 22nd through 25th. Please mark your calendars and you can go to happyjacks.org slash JC to know more about it. You can see the rules there. There's a link to the Discord where it's going to be run. So you can go join the Discord ahead of time. People are already starting to post games.
0: Mm. Now,
1: the interesting thing about JackerCon that's different than a lot of other conventions is we tend to have more GMs than players. Oh, right. So we would, <laughs> if, if you're like, oh man, I don't Oops, I feel all like I GMs. Can, yeah. <laughs> right? I, I don't know if i can go if i'm not contributing by running a game it's fine come yeah. and play don't worry about running games we will have lots of games mm-hmm. just come and play and have fun and it's totally free mm-hmm. and it's awesome people and people at previous jackercons had made lifetime friendships and
3: mm-hmm. it's just yeah. magical primo people playing yeah. except for that erica odd oh <laughs> <laughs> Is she even in the chat. Yes, yeah, she's her- totally Okay, good. In the chat. Okay. Hi Erica, I love you. We yeah, she says yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm an absolute monster. <laughs> right,
3: yeah, yeah. We
1: love you, Erica. All right. <laughs> Very good. All right. I think that's everything. Okay. Uh yeah. first email. Who so, wants to read it?
3: Do you want me to? Do it. Okay. All right. I will do it. Hi, Kimmy and crew, Longtime hey. listener, intermittent writer. Thanks for taking up the reins and keeping the advice podcast running. It's a huge commitment and a lot of work, so I'm sure everyone in the community appreciates you and the crew taking that on.
0: Yay! Thank you.
3: It We're- is a huge commitment, and Kimmy has done an amazing job. She uh, has. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on character restrictions, but before I get to that, a small aside. Way back when, I recall one of the shows where you, Stu and Stork, had a much longer than necessary, weren't they all? <laughs> conversation about the gibbering mouth or pronunciation. I still pronounce it with the hard G because I'm old and ornery, but you'll be pleased to know that there should be no long, there should no longer be any ambiguity about the pronunciation. On the D&D Beyond website, the industries for the monsters all have a little speaker beside the monster name. Aww. That's Aww. amazing. They do. Uh, yeah. That's so cool. Uh, upon pressing the button, a lovely woman or man will speak the name of the creature to you. The marvels of technology impress once more. I've played a vast array of RPGs. Wait. 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 wait, wait what, what, I... How's it?
1: How's it yeah. He yeah. left out some very important information. Was it gibbering or gibbering?
3: Well, well, they, uh, uh, he says that he still pronounces it with the Harji because he's old and ornery. Right. But, but, yeah. And he
1: says that, but D&D Beyond has a yeah. voice that says it.
3: But we, yeah, we because, don't know how, but there's D&D no Beyond update. No, it. he's, he's saying this. Okay. He's implying. I see. That it's, that he is incorrect by using the hard G. Okay. I respect
1: yeah. that. Inference. Yeah. That's hey, good. Can, so, can we okay.
3: talk about how you pronounce Ornery?
2: Ornery. Is this a, is this a Colorado thing? Do I pronounce it wrong?
3: Do no, hi, you pronounce it correct. I overcompensate because of my Oklahoma accent. So, oh. so I, I carefully pronounce it as ornery instead of ornery. ornery which, which is, ornery. is which yeah. how it's really pronounced as ornery. Okay. No. Um, no, I'm an ornery stinker, ornery turker. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, you guys don't know my sister like she actually says things like that to me um so uh, yeah actually her uh uh, her and my best friend since high uh, since uh grade school call each other ornery sue and ornery j yeah that's what they call each other
1: but uh, um fun aside like adam and i might actually be cousins of some type because my dad's Family is all from Oklahoma, like a very short drive from his family. Mm-hmm. And we've got some last names in common. We, yep. we haven't sat down and done the homework.
3: Yeah. But, yeah. Because
1: I think partially because we don't want to disprove it.
3: I know, right? It's, yeah. It's yeah. better
1: to just imagine. Yeah. But yeah. But, My family is the same. Like my grandmother and her sisters were Ruby, Opal, and Pearl.
3: Mm -hmm. They -hmm. they
1: were like Oklahoma. Oh, yeah.
3: I love it. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We, um, so uh, when I was in high school, we learned about like announcer voice and, you know, and how, you know, and (laughs) how to like do the radio voice, radio announcer voice. And at that moment, I realized that I can actually change the way I speak. And I consciously decided that. You know, if I just practice speaking like this, I will learn how to not sound like I'm from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I've done it so well. Most people can't tell. Most people do not believe me about my Oklahoma accent unless mm-hmm. they talk to me right after I've been on the phone with my family. Yeah. Uh, in which case I start to sound like this again and it all just comes flowing back. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I. Overcompensated on a lot of things uh, because uh, because I would get made fun of. And so um, so I was in my 30s and I was still pronouncing pin as in safety pin and pen as in ballpoint pen. The exact same way. They were both pronounced pin. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
3: and so, and my students started making fun of me for, for pronouncing both of them as pin. And so I overcompensated. And for several years, I would say, hand me that safety pen mm-hmm. or hand me that straight pen. And it's like, no, that's, that's wrong <laughs> too. Um, anyway, but yeah. And, uh, and, and you should hear me when somebody hears me, uh, talk about Crayolas. <laughs> they're simul there uh, huh pop and pop, pop? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. pop. yeah yeah <laughs> you want a sack for your pop uh, like it sounds like a threat so. well, i think and in the south yeah. it's all coke yeah all what kind co- yeah, of Coke yeah, you want. Coke. Yeah, yeah what for- kind of coke do you want do you want you know you don't want it, it like for a long time i thought like it, people would ask me like outside of oklahoma people would say like do you want pepsi or coke i'm like i said coke you know, yes. like, or no, I, oh, what it was is they'd say, uh, I, I'd order a Coke and they'd say, is Pepsi okay? And I'm like, that's what I said. I want a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pepsi, Coke, Fanta, like Crown Royal, there or Royal, or RC Cola. That's what it was. Yeah. Crown, Crown Royal's Royal is very that's different. Different, that's different. That's a <laughs> different <laughs> thing. That's a different thing. So it's not gibbering. Yeah. It's, it's not gibbering. G- it is gibbering. Okay. Yeah. That's, so. that's
0: amazing. Yeah.
3: Now, now the real question, Gerald, I need to know, is it mouther or mouther?
2: Mouther. <laughs> oh. So, mouther.
3: Well, I mean, that's how I pronounce it, and I'm right about everything usually. So, gibbering mouther it is. Um But you'll have to write back in and let us know.
2: Although, strictly speaking, or- that's from the thorn letter of Old English, so
3: it's more like a, a soft D. Oh, yeah, mouther.
1: Or we can do what he suggests and go log into D&D Beyond and click on it and it will tell us.
3: Kimmy, I'm trying to get you emails.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) That's a good point. Good point. Okay.
3: Gerald, (laughs) test it out and write back to us. Yeah. In another email. Right. Preferably a long one with lots of questions.
2: Or is it Gerald?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.
2: Carol <laughs> joining
3: to uh, kind of stuff. I have missed you so much Chris <laughs> okay so back to the email so I've played a vast array of RPGs but despite all that my first love is still D&D I started with the basic box set in the early 80s and then graduated up to advanced dungeons and dragons the first hardcover cover I purchased was deities and demigods so it was a bit of a confusing start for me <laughs>
1: Pause. I remember
3: that. Uh, yeah, right.
1: Erica wants to know: Is it Chris Dre? <laughs> <laughs>
3: in the old world, <laughs> you're Chris Dre. Chris
1: okay. Dre. Dre. Yeah. Dre. Uh, J- Dre. Yeah. Dre.
3: Okay.
1: All right. Continue. Sorry.
3: D and D has evolved significantly since the early editions, and one notable area of change has been in the character creation rules. A lot of the changes come from player feedback, and I think many people would agree the changes improve the game. First edition was pretty hardcore. Magic users at first level cast one spell and had one d4 HP. It was awful. Paladins could lose all of their special powers if they stray from lawful good. Yep. Eleventh level druids had to defeat a twelfth level druid in combat to take their place if they wanted to advance. I, I remember, that. remember that. Oh yeah, yeah, I oh, remember wow. that. Yeah, and if they didn't kill the druid, they might come after them to get back what they lost. And they had they all had minimum stat requirements, level caps, etc. The current edition is much more tailored to ensuring the players have always have something to do in combat, have much more freedom of choice in character classes, and everything is generally balanced across all classes. But to me, it feels like we've lost something. In first edition, if you played a wizard and somehow survived to reach level 9, that was a real accomplishment. If you wanted to play a paladin, you had to fight hard to keep your special abilities. I'm not going to bore you with lots of D&D-specific examples. That's Adam's job. (laughs) I just inserted that. Um, Rather, I'd like to hear your thoughts on how restrictions and character challenges can impact a game. The paladin is a good example. Are there benefits to both the current model and the older model? Paladins run the risk of displeasing their god and losing their skills, requiring atonement to gain them back, versus abilities always available to the player, but the DM can engage in RP with the player regarding the god's displeasure. I've gone on long enough. Regale us with your wisdom. Gerald from Toronto.
2: Toronto, yes.
3: <laughs> P.S. Obligatory P.S. Since this is an, is an email and I could simply edit my letter for anything I've forgotten. P.P.S. If I was writing this in the time of first edition, it might have been necessary and my wrist would be cramped from the <laughs> writing.
1: Aww.
3: Smiley emoji. Yes. So,
1: are we going to re us with, uh,
3: yes, re-jail, <laughs> re-jail us re us with re-jails. wisdom. Um, I have tons of thoughts on this, but since I read it, if one of you guys want to talk first,
1: uh, why
0: don't you start?
3: Okay. So, uh, so I kind of agree with you in, in a way. Uh, first, I, I definitely want to say I, I agree that. Uh, that D&D has gone through much needed changes and it's a much more interesting game and a much more playable game now than it used to be. I do think there was some fun to having imbalance and it made your characters feel very different from each other. Uh, that's one of the things to me that 4E lost was, was that characters all did the same amount of damage and uh, you know they they're everybody's daily power did the same thing basically it was just a matter of flavor and uh and it, it was nice to sort of like palate cleanse to make it more balanced but uh but in some ways i don't feel it necessarily needed that um but with um with 5e i think they've found this really good uh, this really good, um, synergy of balance and difference. Your characters, I think, still feel very different, even though they're, they're very balanced. Um, uh, I think it could go farther. Um, but what, one of the thoughts I have on it is that I really think, uh, having character restrictions, uh, forces, um, well, not forces, but can coerce players into, uh, more risky choices than they would otherwise make. Uh, you know, if all your choices are equal, then there's no real risk to playing something a little outside the box, is my thought on that. Um, so, yeah.
1: I agree with that. I've noticed that in systems that do character creation, like Traveler's a good example, um, in Dekama, I get a lot of feedback about that is when you have to answer questions or you have to make roles for a character they sometimes do the thing you wouldn't pick Mm -hmm. or you sometimes have to create an answer that you wouldn't have thought about previously. And it actually forces people to be more creative in some ways. So I can see why having um, the like more restrictions and having like these things forced kind of on players and Mm -hmm. kind of forced into the narrative could create some very, um creative choices as far as the collaborative storytelling. Yeah. I, that said, I, I mean, I've never played the edition that we're talking about <laughs> here specifically. Um I played I don't remember, like something in junior high and we didn't play it e nearly correctly. Like I, I can't <laughs> even like say. But like four E was the first D and D that I really played and then five E. So I don't have this but like I have heard a lot about it's like, oh you have to stay Personally I think the alignment chart is mm, mm-hmm. just weird and yeah. bullshit. Like yeah. Yeah. I could see originally like why there might be some mechanics involved in that. But depending on who you're a paladin of, like right. why why would you be like the Raven Queens, yeah. like paladin and be- lawful good? Like no.
0: Yeah, not, yeah.
1: Like lawful. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I can see you should be in the lawful oh. column.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh but I, I love the idea of if you stray from what your god believes in, that has consequences, even if it's mechanical mm-hmm. consequences, as long as it's something the player has chosen knowingly. Yeah. Uh, but having it, you have to be in this one box, fit your character in this box, do not leave this box. Yeah. Just doesn't sound fun to me.
2: Yeah it's it's old tech. I mean, that's what it comes mm-hmm. to. Like you remember Super Mario Brothers <laughs> yeah. towards the end of Super Mario Brothers mm-hmm. where you're like going to destroy your TV. <laughs> yes. And you're screaming expletives and your mother <laughs> comes down and says, get off of that and you're just
0: like no, I almost did. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what first edition D&D is like to me. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, games have improved and that's okay. Um but the flip side of that coin is that um Constraints do create creativity, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think anybody in the creative world totally gets that. Uh, I just believe that there needs to be player agency around those constraints, yeah. And so, some of the modern systems, especially in the indie space, do a really good job of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think Five E actually has some ways to go on that on that front.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think it could use some of that. I I think what I would like to see Five E do is lean more into things like the the backgrounds. And, you know, yeah. in the, in the, those character backgrounds and those, those, uh, and like they have like, they, they toyed with, like, they have bonds but they don't explore the idea of bonds in the same way that a lot of PBTA games do and a lot of other story games do. Um, you know, and I, I would like to see them lean a little more into that. And, and you don't need it to play the, the mechanical dungeon crawly fun of D and D. If that's, if that's the part of D and D that you like, um, you know, D and D is, is, Fun for that if if you like that, and I personally do as well. Um, I think you could yeah. tie
1: it in very easily with mechanics. Yeah, on. yeah. So it's like um, as you're going through and you're you're picking different things. If you pick this background, right. you get you know there's elements of that already yeah. in five E character creation. Yeah. Um, but just leaning into that more. So there's benefits for both role playing type right. players and players who are in it for the mechanics. It's like oh hey, if I take this background. You know, this yeah. is super interesting, but I also get a bonus to my defense because yeah. of the, ah. Yeah, and I think they could marry those very easily and just have it be a seamless part of character creation. Yeah, you
2: know, one thing I like about good mechanics are that it, when you uh min-max the mechanics and make your your character better, that actually makes the story better because you're forced to play the character in a particular way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and some of the newer games really do a great job with that. And, uh, and yeah. I'm trying to think of some good examples, but um, but like even like Numenera or some of these that are a little crunchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are, if you are playing well, that, that means your character is playing in a particular way and that means mm-hmm. you're doing better. Yeah, And I, yeah. I, I love that. Uh, you know, 5e is kind of arbitrary, I think, in, in that sense. And yeah. so like what I'd like to see are, you know, using backgrounds better so that mm-hmm. if you are, if are, you are leaning into your flaw, there are mechanical benefits for doing that. Yeah, yeah. And, and sort of bait the player to play it in the, in the way that the story wants you to. Right,
3: yeah. And I think D&D could could um, benefit a lot from getting less out of the idea that the DM is the one who rewards you for your, for your role playing, mm-hmm. you know, and letting the system reward you. Mm-hmm. So like you're saying, like, if you're playing against the, your flaw, you can invoke that to, you know, once per session to say, I, I get to add an extra D4 to my role, right. um, you know, as opposed to saying. You know, the DM, right, who has plenty to do already in D and D, trying to keep track of like, Oh, that's your flaw. You were really good at that. Um, it, have inspiration, you know? Uh, so I, I think D and D, uh, adjusting a little bit to let the players have more, uh, more awareness and, and, uh, interaction with, uh, of, you know, choosing their own, letting their own, character things build their mechanics um and and taking more of that off of the dm uh you know and uh, i think that could help a lot but,
1: i think there's you know. something to be said too like one of my favorite parts i've talked about this a lot is in traveler is character creation and that's yeah. true for mm-hmm. m- most people like character yeah. creation for traveler is fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and another game that actually your uh happiest apocalypse on earth is another game mm-hmm. that like the world creation part is almost like a game in and of itself. Yeah. And every time we've played, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like I could see just going and playing that portion. Yeah. If you didn't have time for the rest of a campaign. So having, having that set up in a way where as you created your D&D character, you got to choose cool background pieces, but it had something that was good and also like a benefit, but also maybe mm-hmm. a drawback of some type. Yeah, Because yeah. I think that could then get back to what Gerald is saying about like having these restrictions that force Mm -hmm. you to be more creative. And there's times where if you're rolling for your character in traveler, it's like, Oh, Oh no, I, um, you know, uh, failed. I, I had to leave the military. So yeah. you don't necessarily get to be like, I'm going to be a perfect military officer. It's like, Oh, yeah. nope. I <laughs> crashed out of that real fast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um,
2: that's the best part. Right. right? It's yeah. So good. The best part. yeah. And
1: it, and it really forces that creativity. So I think you could pull, cool, pull, pull cool elements that would put those restrictions that Gerald finds so interesting. Into D&D character creation, but in a way that also had both RP and mechanical benefits Yeah, that would sort of like everyone would have a thing that they liked about it Mm -hmm. and not everyone would love it because everybody doesn't love anything and it's (laughs) tabletop (laughs) gaming and somebody's going to bitch about something. But I, I think that would be super cool.
3: Yeah. I think, um, you know, one of the other things I'd point out is, uh, you know, uh, I always go back to it because it's my favorite, but masks is, you know, is one of those games where there, there isn't balance, but there is, mm-hmm. you know, um, there is like you have, uh, you have, uh, characters who can like channel cosmic energies on a godlike scale right alongside, you know, somebody, you know, with an archery set and, they, they're in no way equal in terms of their power, uh, in, in terms, you know, in terms of the world that you've built. Um, but they're entirely equal in terms of their, their impact on the story. And and that's that's one of those things that that I think PBTA or that mask specifically does really well. I think Jason does it great in Demigods. I feel it in uh, Great American Witch, uh really, uh, which isn't PBTA, but um but has a very solid feel of like ev- everybody, um you know, everybody is going to be at a different power level. And that power level is not so as important as. What is their impact on the story and the people around them? Yeah, see what
2: Will Mass is doing, and what uh, Great American Witch by Christopher Gray, available at Drive <laughs> Through RPG. Wait,
1: it, it, I thought it was Christopher J? <laughs> <laughs> no?
2: Christopher Gray. Oh, You're Dray. announcing it wrong. In the old world, have it I is. been
1: saying it wrong this whole time? <laughs>
3: whole time, the whole time, the whole time.
2: <laughs> Drive Through RPG. <laughs> 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 uh, but with it, but those <laughs> games are not concerned with uh how much yeah. damage you took
3: right exactly and, yeah.
2: and that's the difference and so like D cares only about yeah. that and so one of the ways to make D uh have more constraints but but less con- less like mm-hmm. um, super mario brothers frustration yeah. is to focus stats and gameplay around the story and not around right. whether or not you got hit in the face. yeah absolutely yeah
1: i think it's so interesting that you compared it to like super mario brothers and stuff I I love video games and my husband and I talk about video games all the time. Um and he's actually been doing some like similar design like 16-bit like little mm-hmm. like and one of the things we actually talked about recently was especially with like the first Metroid games and the Super Mario games and all those things. You have this world that is completely two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. And the way designers made it feel so real and challenging, even though it was literally you walking left or right. (laughs) Maybe if you were like getting really complicated, it was up or down too. Mm -hmm. But we were in this like locked two dimensional space. And I feel like it actually is a really good analogy for tabletop RPGs, because originally it was like like war games, like -hmm. you were in it for to, you know, to to fight stuff. And mm-hmm. as the idea of what tabletop role playing games has become more complex and, you know, expanded into these deep emotional journeys that you had excitement before, but it wasn't the purpose. Certain game certain game groups could get that out of the story mm-hmm. with any edition of D&D. Yeah. But now you have games that are specifically designed designed to tap into feeling powerless in high school mm-hmm. or, you know, breaking out of, you know this, you know, communist rut or communist, sorry, capitalist rut. And, you know, all these different things that are like very targeted at these specific emotional experiences. Mm-hmm. And I feel it's very similar to how eventually other than having like the XY axis of gameplay, we eventually started having like these 3D worlds we could explore. And I feel sometimes that even though we have these very complicated like sandbox, sorry, I'm saying the word sandbox game. <laughs> um sometimes those video games still don't have as much creativity in them as designers had to have in those two-dimensional yeah. worlds. Yeah. yeah. So I really see the value in having these limits for players. And I think you you compare masks and power of the apocalypse games, but I think those playbooks sing so often because they have more limits on right. the yeah. characters yeah yeah
3: they yeah. do
1: so, that's exactly a
2: point yeah. i wanted to make thanks for bringing it up that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> right sorry i stole it out of your hair no it's <laughs> right was no, totally right because those are actually very constraining but, systems yeah. absolutely yeah. like yeah.
1: you have your playbook and yeah. you have a very small number of character choices mm. usually and this is who you are and what you're playing yeah and you have your lane and even though in a fight like you were saying like it's very narrative and, you know, Hulk and Hawkeye can fight next to each other and that somehow makes sense. <laughs> um, and in a tabletop RPG where it's like not, because it's not based on all the numbers in the way D and D is, yeah. like those are very, like, this is your box.
3: Yeah. And you just have to
1: make sure you pick a box you like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Sure. yeah. yeah. So. I, uh, I, I, the other thing I would say about this sort of issue is that, um, we, uh, I've had a lot of fun um, and, and I, I usually do this in games that I'm GMing, but I've also had a lot of fun when GMs I'm with have done this, but I like to give players some parameters and, you know, and, uh, and give them, you know, I, I like to say, okay, like here's, here's part of a setting that that we're going to play with. And, and this is the setup you're in this setup Uh, and and actually I'm going to talk about this with the next one, but, um, but you're in this setup. I don't care what you character you create as long as it fits within this setup. So, you know, in, in the sense of like, okay, you, you have to be an elf from this region or, uh, you know, or, uh, like, like setting, like you're on this space station and, and you're all part of this organization, what do you do? Um, you know, uh, with Interpol X, uh, I kind of did that. I sent everybody like this one page of like, here is, so was a monster of the week game that I ran on Happy Jacks, um, my debut on Happy Jacks. Um, debut. And, uh, it, but I sent everybody like this one page thing of like, here's some parameters. I, you're going to be an agent in Interpol. Um, I, I, you know, you need to, you need to pick a, some very specific Character things. I'm, you know, I really encourage you to, uh, to make choices like, uh, be from another country than where you are, another region from where you, from where you live. Um, you know, uh, I really want to focus on the internationality of it all. So, you know, so I gave them a lot of restrictions of like, please fit into this box, but they could use almost anything within the rest of Monster, the, in the Monster of the Week system to fit into that box. And, you know, and I, i found I find things like that to generate uh more interesting character interactions sometimes because you're not trying to sandwich a whole bunch of people together that don't necessarily fit
2: I think it's almost necessary anymore i mean mm-hmm. i I think without fail, the last few games I've designed have a built in mechanic on designing the game that you're going to play together like the mm-hmm. constraints of the group that you're in, in which it's coven, mm-hmm. um, what 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 group you work for, you know, what your environment is, what your shared experiences, you're all together. That's the assumption going mm-hmm. in. Now, uh, what's your role within that group, it, it, and that's because I got sick of the you meet in the tavern bullshit. Yeah, you know, yeah but yeah, but I think a, a anymore those kinds of constraints are are mm-hmm. crucial to yeah. to good healthy campaigns. Yeah, agreed. Yeah,
1: totally. Thank you so yeah. much for the email gerald or gerald i feel like we
2: did we answer
0: that
2: what was
3: the question i think we did yeah (laughs) i mean yeah i mean he just wanted us to talk about restrictions and and you know whether they improve or take away from the experience or you know i think the answer is yes to all of it yeah. yeah yes they do no they don't um you know it's yeah and,
1: and lots of different games put different restrictions on there yeah. yeah and it causes a different flavor of game and yeah yeah it can definitely be good
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: it can also be annoying and a pain in the ass yeah yeah,
2: yeah right yeah <laughs> i'll read this next so, one is short okay <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry kimmy <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> hello i just found your advice podcast.
1: Welcome. Yay, thank Yay. you. Um, Welcome. So follow-up question. Uh, please write in and tell me how you found
2: us. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, CD, yes. please tell us. Yes. And I am working back through the catalog, the backlog, <laughs> after playing D&D in the 80s as a teenager. So you know what we're talking about just now. <laughs> I recently got back into it and have been enjoying being the DM keeper, DM slash keeper for a group ranging in the age from 25 to 65 almost all first-time players i'd like to take a moment yeah. and just relish in that That's really i mean cool. <laughs> how, how much the hobby has grown in yeah. the last 10 years is just yeah. amazing to me mm-hmm. and it's such a wide range of people
1: i have to say that like I, we were just talking about tiktok and how i joined tiktok there's like four like Granny D D players, and I just love them. And oh. they sit in front of that, like they have like the yarn wall that they sit in front of and are like talking to their TikTok. And I'm just like, oh, I think it's my
3: future. Oh my it's god! So you have to send those to me. I want to follow them. I, they're
1: very cute. It's
2: amazing. It's just amazing. And I, you know, I run I run game for middle school kids. And oh, yeah. I mean, it's just hmm. it's all over. Mm-hmm. My issue is that we have a larger group of people that want to be players, but we all have busy, irregular schedules. Uh, that's not just your issue. That's, that's the universal problem. So there are kids, both younger and teenagers, with events, on-call, out-of-state, etc. Any suggestions on how to run a campaign that is more than just one-shots when it's a group of 10 to 12 players? 10 to 12 players? <laughs> but only five or so will show up on any given session. If you've covered this already, point me to the episode and I'll give it a listen. Thanks much. CD.
1: First off, thank you to the thank yeah. you for writing in and welcome to the Happy Jacks Family Crew Collective. Yeah. Um, if you if you figure out how to do this, please let me know. <laughs>
3: Write a book about it. You'll become famous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, CD, I do want to give you a few pointers uh, as a, a new Happy Jacks fan. First of all, your email is only one paragraph. It's a problem,
2: CD. You see, so, I jumped on it because yeah, I could if, read it real quick. It's could, very
1: concise and to the point, and we don't know what to do with that.
3: But, uh, well, I, I know what to do. Uh, there's, with no it, there's no diversion. There's <laughs> right? um, so okay, no diversion, right? So they should be at least two pages long. No.
1: <laughs> don't listen to Adam. He's evil and leading you down the wrong path
3: right now i love your question actually so um so i'll go ahead and start because you know aries um (laughs) go and also i have opinions on this subject i this is one that i've been mulling over for a long time actually um because i've been in several situations where i'm in large groups of people who game together and we've always been trying to like find ways to bring more people into the fold of our group, um, but still have like consistent stories. And um, so, uh, so, so we've gone through a lot of iterations of things like this, um, but, uh, you know. There's some things have have worked and some things haven't. One of the things that has not worked yet, although it sounded like a great idea at the time, was basically having like three or four different stories going. And like, you know, and basically if, you know, if these three people show up, then we do the story that's centered on theirs characters. But if it's, you know, if it's players number seven, eight, and nine, then we're going to do then we're going to focus on their the thing that revolves around their characters and whoever else shows up is ancillary to that. Et um, and the idea is that you have like three or four different games going and depending on who can actually make it that's that's the game that you go with that night that requires uh
1: so much work yeah Yeah. the
3: gm has to be ready to just improv and go and and also like it's you know it's always like oh well we're going to show up this day and then all of a sudden they're not there and and you've already prepped for the other game and Mm -hmm. you end up just yeah it collapses more often than not um so so the other thing that i have tried to try but uh but for various reasons not related to the setup have not been able to do is basically a kind of adventurers guild setup where like um in like we were talking about with restrictions in the previous thing like set up a situation a guild uh uh, uh uh you know whether it's bounty hunters guild or you know or it can be just the the you know the the constabulary of the of the town or whatever um put it in put it in a crossroads put it somewhere where there's a lot of options it's on the border of everything um you know you can very easily get into the forest or up into the mountains with the giants uh you know uh wherever um but but put it in the middle of everything and make sure there's lots of conflict going on uh between all of the things around you so having like your base is sort of like the neutral ground in between a whole bunch of other stuff. So like deep space nine, for example, and star Trek, deep space nine, you know, it's sort of this neutral ground in the middle of a lot of conflict and, and there's a, a lot of opportunity to tell stories there. Um, but, uh, but basically um, this, this gives you a place for everybody to have a connection to. And you tell everyone, you know, you can make we can have two or three fighters. We can have as many sorcerers as you want, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter who shows up. Uh, but whoever shows up, you have a character that's part of this organization that operates out of this base. And you're going to be sent on a mission. Yeah, That's yeah. very like. Excellent. riffs. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: like you've got your. Your safe zone, and then you wander out into the yeah. the wild. Yeah. Um, one thing, is, actually, I'm in a game that's like this right now. I think there's 12 of us signed up for it. And then mm. every week we have our Discord, and every week it's like, okay, who's, who's taking the spots this week? And first come, first serve, you sign up. And we're actually um, uh, doing Curse of Strahd with it. And it sort of makes sense, the... The DM, Jameson, is doing a really great job of, it's like the magic of Rovia. So mm-hmm. like the mists take or bring people into the story. So if you can't make it that week, it's like, okay, these people are playing. You hope you have like a tank and stuff. Like you, you hope it's yeah. a balanced party. Um, <laughs> but it actually works really well. And having having a place where you can collectively take notes, like either a Discord channel or a Google Doc or something, Where Mm -hmm. everyone who wasn't there can kind of read the basics of what happened so they can jump back in the next week and at least know where they are in the story. Mm -hmm. Like you still role play like, oh, I'm back. Like, what What happened? But at least you can keep the the basic story beats and you know where you are. And that has actually worked fairly well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Jameson is stressed out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Not
0: either
1: from a player perspective, it's worked really well Mm -hmm. and it makes sense. And all the characters know each other. So, and then when a new person signs up, they pop in and we're like, who are you? And we do that little thing Mm -hmm. for a while, but it, but it's worked. It's worked surprisingly well. I was, I was very suspicious and a little bit like, yeah. "Eh, Okay. Jameson thumbs up. I trust you. (laughs) But it's worked well. I think one thing that really works about it is a lot of us are very experienced role players.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: If your 10 to 15 players CD are, or 10 to 12, sorry, are very new players, it might be harder for them to track with that, but maybe not. Mm -hmm. But we have been making good progress through Curse of Strahd and the whole story, and while it feels kind of like one shot sometimes, um, especially to me, because I've missed a lot of the games lately because I've been <laughs> making a studio, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: the the continuity of the actual adventure is there. Yeah. So as a new DM, I'm assuming that you probably are using some sort of story or adventure. Maybe you're not, maybe you're doing it all from scratch, and that's amazing. Like the,
3: mm-hmm. like the old days, right? <laughs> like yeah. Old
1: days, yeah. Um but yeah, that's that's yeah. one strategy that you can use too. Yeah
2: there's a way of playing commonly called west marches, and if you look it up, you'll find all kinds of examples of it. Uh, it actually came from a from a i think a podcast series uh, and and the model is that you are in a city uh, that is on the frontier and you um every episode it's episodic, so every session you go out into the wilderness, do your thing, and come back to the city.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And and that model works really well because it's just whoever happens to be there that time will go out on that adventure and then come back. Mm-hmm. And and as long as you end the session back at the city, mm-hmm. then no problem. Um, yeah. And it does work really well. The, the The challenge there is that it is episodic, so you have to think about if you want more continuity, you have to think about like. How X-Files did it, where you have sort of mm-hmm. overarching things that happen and make touch points mm-hmm. at different places during the journey. But yeah. you're, you are going to start and finish. And maybe you have, like, the one villain that keeps showing up over and mm-hmm. over. Um, but that especially for big groups, is a really good way to rotate and just have a sign up. Who's signing up this week and first come first serve? Yeah. And then just go on to your, your West Marches mission. Yeah. that's That's how I would do it. It's actually a structure built for this problem. Mm-hmm. the challenge with it though is ending the uh, the session right because yeah. if yeah. you if you if you end in a dungeon or somewhere else then it's a tr- a challenge It's also really hard to shoehorn published adventures yeah. into that Mo. Yeah.
0: yeah
1: yeah absolutely um but, another thing i might suggest and this may not work because they're, they, you said they kind of have irregular schedules. But one thing you do is break them into separate groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And run the same story for them as separate groups. Mm-hmm. So that cuts down in your prep. You're not creating three different stories for three different groups. Yeah. But you know, it's like the first Wednesday of the month, then the second Wednesday of the month, and the so, it, and the third Wednesday of the month, then that's group A, B, or C. Yes, yeah. my teacher is showing. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then just run them through the same story. And well, they'll yeah. have slightly different outcomes, um, that way you got your monsters. You can just use the same monsters that mm-hmm. many yeah. times. And that'll really cut down on your work. And they might get a better mm-hmm. experience out of that if you can get them to commit to that. And I've found that it's a lot easier to get people to commit to every other week, which is one of the reasons yeah. why Happy Jacks does often does a half every other week model with our actual plays than doing every week. Um, So you might be able to get if everyone's committing themselves to the third Wednesday of the month or the first Wednesday or the first Tuesday or whatever works for your schedule, you're more likely to get a solid commitment out of them than if you're just like every single Wednesday or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's
3: so true. Yeah, I I think um I think having a consistent schedule is going to be really important. It's yeah, critical, you, you I know? would say. Yeah. yeah. Um it you it, because you know, if you get into that mode of like, oh well, so and so canceled, so we can't play that story today, then you know, you're going to never get to play anything consistently. Yeah. So, uh so you got to kind of like set your schedule as a group. And say, okay, the most likely time we'll all be able to play is Saturday afternoons, right? right? So, so every Saturday afternoon, we're going to plan on playing and whoever can show up for Saturday afternoon shows up, but the game is not canceled because one or two people can't show up. As right. long as you have three or four players, uh, and somebody to run, then, then you go ahead and you play and you just see what happens, which is the advantage to having a sort of like episodic, Modular kind of like in and out thing. Yeah.
1: I would suggest to at the, at the start of things, you as part of your session zero, your safety tools, if you have more questions about that, you can write another email, uh, <laughs> agree on your schedule, but also agree on what causes a cancellation.
0: Good so, point. Yeah. So yeah, if you have five
1: idea. people in your game, not including you and three people cancel, is that when you cancel or Two, do you play with three players or if it one person cancels that way everybody knows what it is and they're not waiting for you to call it right yeah cuz yeah. that's really stressful if you're in a game you're like five people you're like oh two people called out
0: the yeah. dm
1: hasn't said anything should i make plans for tonight am mm. i still going to have to show up do i have to be the jerk who asks right yeah yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah right. there's
1: always that pressure it's like it's i don't want it to make it i don't want to make it sound like i don't want to play right
3: but also, but, uh, I want to stay home and watch TV. Yeah, <laughs> <Right. laughs> no, it's it's true. Yeah, like you, it, um, there's there's that cascade of like, well, a bunch of people canceled already, and I kind of just want to like use this as an excuse to, because we all live busy lives and we need our we need our time and and so a lot of time and like, uh, Kimmy and I, uh, we talked about this a lot with our our Saturday night game mm-hmm. that we had going during a lot of the lockdown as you know, we just like, you know, it was like one person canceled, and if one other person was like, You know what? I'm actually not feeling well. Everybody like chimes in, like, oh, Okay, cool. It's okay. We can cancel this week. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and and we were planning on every week. So it was pretty easy to miss a game every few weeks mm-hmm. and not feel bad about it. But you those know,
1: dominoes just fall. Like, yeah. It's like one person and then yeah. one person, and then suddenly like everybody, and you're yeah. like, Okay. Yeah. As
3: soon, yeah. As soon as the second person says, Well, I think I might might yeah. then you know then it, it just falls out and uh, and that's just the way it is and and everybody needs to know don't get mad at each yeah, other no judgment too yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: No judgment.
3: um you know everybody everybody needs to be able to feel relaxed enough to have fun with this and if they're feeling too much pressure it's not going to be fun yeah so um and
1: do check-ins yeah. if you've got those players who show up every single week no fail yeah Check in with them a lot because sometimes they can start to feel frustrated Yeah, um, with the storytelling and and it, it creates a bad experience for them. Yeah. And not always, but just keep touching base with them. Ask them like, hey, where do you want the story to go? If you were yeah. like tailoring things to them a bit, it can make them feel a lot more appreciated because uh-huh. it, it can... It can suck to be the one who's always there and you're constantly playing off another group of people and you never yeah. know. And you feel like, hey, I'm prioritizing this. Why <laughs> is nobody else prioritizing this? Right. Yeah. yeah. So it, that can be frustrating. Let's
2: yeah. it, assume for a moment you are playing a published adventure. As I, I've, I've had to run published adventures. I've had to. Listen to me. <laughs> I've run published adventures uh, for, Accurate. <laughs> for Adventures League um, in, in my local game store. It's game time. It's a great one. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and it's so unpredictable. You don't know who's going to show up every week, but you have to get through the module. I mean, that's your job. So, um, in that case, you can be really okay with being loosey goosey about it all. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, there is no law that says, uh, we have to make sure that, uh, Benedict's character uh, is remembered in the next session from session to session when when you know the person playing Benedict may or may not be there, mm-hmm. and so I often just play fast and loose with that. It, and it was just like you know whoever happened to be at the table that time was going to be the one dealing with this point in the chapter, and then we would just get through it. And you knew if you weren't there, you were going to miss that part of the adventure. Yeah, and we would just play like you know oh you're here now or oh they're gone now <laughs> and that's it. You know mm-hmm. we don't really need to dive in. And that's that's for a large groups sometimes you just, especially if you're doing. A published adventure, you just have to yeah. kind of wave your hand.
3: Yeah. You can also, you can have a lot of fun with just establishing right up front that the, whatever organization or group or setup that your, that your characters have has access to this very useful ability to just teleport people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah and, uh, you Don't know it's it. <laughs> yeah if you're yeah if you're dealing with like you know set everybody in like camera and you you know and you zoom all over the world like uh, you know uh you know fighting monsters from the other dimension and you know and then it's very easy to just be like oh okay well okay you're starting the new session this next week and so-and-so's character uh zooms in i heard you need help uh, you know or like you know they got the teleport stone from from the archmage or whatever you know they're they're waste i mean it's fantasy um or even if you're doing science fiction like uh, you know like um i've thought about doing this as a star trek game and everybody has roles on the ship and then you just like you know if you're in the middle of an adventure and you know and you have to start a new session you know they can just teleport if Some new characters in to help you. You
1: you do not need to stress about like the in character world excuse about why people are appearing and disappearing. Yeah, yeah. Like focus much more on telling a fun story for your players, whether they're there or not. And Mm -hmm. like with this rotating cast, how is this story going to be still fun? Yeah. More than like this is the exact reason you're appearing and disappearing because like. Literally, it does. That does not. Does matter. not matter. Nope.
3: Does not matter. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Just, just. Yeah. Uh, I used to have a uh, a DM who would just, uh, you know, say, "Okay, there's an audible pop." And, uh, and Adriana appears beside you and, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and it's just, and, and we just all knew when it was an audible pop, like we don't need to explain it. It's just there's a reason. And, and you can also, you can have fun with that. And like, like, oh, there's, there's a trickster god that just loves to like toy with you in your, yeah. in your party. Um, the, yeah. the final piece of advice that I would give to segue just a little bit is make sure you're also having fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's not your job to, uh, to provide an entertaining time for 12 other people and not have them contribute. Um, you know, let them be responsible for for creating the fun too. Like, like make sure that uh, somebody else is handling things like snacks and you know, do you you know if if there needs to be food orders put in or whatever. Um, the other thing you could do is start drafting people to help uh help with the gming duties. Maybe if you've got seven people showing up and it's too many to have players, like get somebody who's curious about gming. Be like. Hey, do you want to run the monsters this time? Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, here's the monster stats. Try to kill your friends.
0: Yeah. You know, and, <laughs>
3: nice. and I'll play the referee as the GM. Yeah. Um, Good you idea. know, yeah. That's or, very fun. Yeah. Or like, or like, you know, we, we don't have like, um, I, I don't know, like a guide character or something like that, or play an NPC from the village they're visiting because we can't really, your character was like in a coma when we last, uh, Matt. so you know you can't bring your character so play a, an NPC or something like that yeah. I think there's there's uh, you just have to be creative and realize that uh, if If there's a rule that gets in the way, just break the rule. Yeah. (laughs) I'm also a
2: little worried that your table size might be big. (laughs) Five is a lot. I wouldn't go any more than that. Um, Because everybody has to, especially with D&D, everybody has to have some of the spotlight. And and when you have too many players, there's a lot of sitting around. Yeah. So I would try to cap it and have that sign up list. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, it sounds like they're all having fun because. Yeah. Ten to twelve of them still want to show up every time, or 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 wanting to continue with the story, even if only five are available at a time. Yeah,
2: good problem to have.
3: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, and yeah, and maybe maybe you'll find some other things. Maybe you'll find other games that like only half of you are interested in, and you can split off and play another game of going of this, and then you know, uh, you might you could probably spin into several different games going on all the time.
2: It's fun to do that too if you keep a persistent world. So Mm -hmm. there might be something going on in a completely different city that they hear about. Oh yeah. Another group and try to keep the continuity. That's always fun. Yeah. 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 Set up a wiki. You know, you can go crazy. Yeah.
1: Those are very cool little beads you're wearing too, by the way. Oh yeah.
2: My, my wife. (laughs) Yeah. For those
1: of you listening to the podcast who are like, what is this? (laughs)
2: They're very
1: cool. They're very cool beads. Um, yeah. And thank you you so (laughs) much. Thank you so much for writing in CD. We really appreciate the emails and we're always really happy to have people join in. Welcome. Yes. Welcome. And write in again. We want to know more about how your campaign's going. Yeah. Yeah. We really love when people take up the GM DM mantle for the first time and kind of seeing their growth. And we've had a lot of stories about that previously. If you're listening to the backlog, you're catching up and you're knowing that, (laughs) but that's, it's one of our favorite things because People GMing and DMing is what keeps the hobby going. Yeah. Yep. If nobody ever did it, the hobby would die and nobody would be able to play games. So we appreciate you for being brave and doing it.
3: Yeah. And also, but uh, these people need to see you having fun GMing so that they will want to GM as well. Yeah. Which still hasn't worked for me with getting to play in Changeling. (laughs) But like I said, it's a dream. Yeah. And share
1: a podcast with all your friends in yes. your group. Yeah. That's 10 to 12 people who could be listening to I our I know,
2: podcasts. right? Yeah. Like, subscribe, and share. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hit that subscribe button. I can't do it. Like, I can't even, I like, pretend. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, what? Ooh, yeah, Smash that like. I don't know. I'm Bing. old. Whatever. Bing. Mailbag okay. number three. Kimmy and the Chaos Crew. Like Congratulations that. on making the move to the new studio, uh, studio, and keeping the show vibrant and interesting. I feel like Yay. I had to say that, like especially <laughs> dramatically.
3: Yeah, vibrantly. Thanks vibrantly for keeping it vibrant, interestingly.
1: interestingly. <laughs> Those of us who have been here since the early days know the show is never about a single person, but a mingling of idea and advice that keeps us all to uh, helps us all to be better GMs, players, and purveyors of the hobby. Okay, enough fiddle-faddle. Let's get into the meat of the email. It's TPK story time. Drink. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. I'm playing in a Castle and Crusades campaign. For those unfamiliar with the system, imagine AD&D 2nd Edition but with a unified resolution system. It reminds me of what D&D 3X could have been and it's old school fun. Mm-hmm. We're a first-level party consisting of a barbarian, monk, rogue, and cleric. It's game three, and we're starting outside the entrance to our first underground delve! As we approach, a group of ten skeletons rise from the earth. A formidable force, but as the cleric, I have absolute confidence in my ability to turn undead. All I need to do is roll a 12 or higher on a d20, and then I get to turn 1d12 skeletons. Last session, session I was visited by an avatar of my god, and the party was blessed with plus one weapons. How could I possibly fail?
3: What could go wrong?
1: This last word.
3: Trusting gods, for one.
1: (laughs) I rolled an 11. Or dice. From there, it was a fast ride down Bone Mountain as (laughs) as our dice were cold and the GM rolled three crits, two of them against me. We were laughing as it quickly became apparent this was not going to end well. (laughs) The final scene was the rogue, monk, and myself bleeding out onto the damp ground as the barbarian held on as best she could with one hit point and four goes. She managed to take one down before getting overwhelmed. We sat there in Zoom laughing as our GM apologized, but he had nothing to be sorry for. And here's why. We had a great time. We knew the danger we were going into and we dove right in. If I would have rolled one better and turned undead, the encounter could have been broken, uh, in the, uh, could have broken in the other direction. We pulled off some heroic moves and now our bodies will rot away and will join the guardian force outside that treasure trove. We spent the rest of our session time making new characters as our GM told us he wanted to start the next session with a world having progressed a few months. The mystery we had uncovered, the one that led us to the caves, was shared with a member of the city council. The threat was still there, and since we never returned, our new group would be sent to investigate that story thread our original characters uncovered. All of our new characters are tied into either the world building that happened at the, in the first three sessions, or will be related in some way to the dead PCs. Basically, we're turning our TPK into the seeds of our next great adventure. For those assembled at tonight's show, what is your biggest failure that you've turned into a success? And what advice would you have for GMs on how to find that silver lining in the dark cloud moment? Until we game at the same table again, drink. Bill from Washington. Cheers. Hey, that's a very good story and that is that's, I like
3: that's it. really fun yeah i i think that's the absolute right way to go with it when you mm-hmm. see that happening lean into it just, yeah. just enjoy the tragedy sometimes that's a lot of fun and yeah. and what a cool way to like Set up your next adventure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I was thinking another possible way around this would be, uh, or to deal with this is, um, especially if you've already established that the characters started knowing each other, mm-hmm. you could then say, that's how your stories end. Let's flash back to a year earlier when you first met, yeah. you know, and like your first adventure together. That's cool. You know, I, I mean, you could, uh, you could do, you could play with something like that and, uh, to also turn that around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the old
2: school game where death is a probability. Mm -hmm. As long as you're going into it with that mindset, yeah, you can totally have fun with this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there are even games that go further with that, like Ten Candles, one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. where you will die. It's just a question of how.
3: Yeah. Um, That's another great
1: example of the the limits and the restrictions giving you creativity. Oh my god! You know, no matter what's gonna happen in Ten Candles, you will die. So you might as well like drive that character yeah. like
0: you stole them
1: like yeah, right. yeah you're gonna die have fun
3: yeah and you also this, get no control in what your character is going to be when you start nope, either
0: <laughs> not at all it's, yeah,
3: and if, yeah. You're, if
2: you're uncertain that the system can kind of go one way or the other like by e there's a lot of fail safes mm-hmm. in there um and as a gm that's more focused on story than on mechanics then you can you can kind of let that um, go in the favor of the players often. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of failures, I'm trying to think. Um,
1: I've got mine. Please, yep. yeah. yeah, go. All right, so this this is a story that's an in infamy for the podcast community. So I was playing in one of Stu's games. I think it was Stu who was jamming, and we were in this underground or underwater city, and I was hacking like the controls. I think we were trying to escape. And I remember the moment more than I remember the story of the system or anything like that. I'm sure people in the chat will be like, it was this. I remember
0: exactly. I
1: remember it was this, but I was supposed to hack the control panel to basically what was like an airlock or for the, for this underwater city. And I, I completely botched it, like (laughs) the worst role possible. And basically like my failed role. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, that was uh, the my first traveler experience. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Um, yeah, I just it was the worst, like the worst role. Mm-hmm. So basically, I flooded an underwater city, killing probably millions of people. Oh my God. Like it was, there was like no way around it. To, yeah, because it was like we like I was hacking the the airlock thing, and oh, <laughs> oh. It, it's I mean. It's an infamous moment that, yeah. like, will live on. Like, I will be yeah. the little old d d lady on TikTok with my <laughs> yarn wall. And, like, back when I was playing Traveler, I murdered the underwater. It was by accident. It was, it was more manslaughter.
3: By... <laughs> manslaughter by gross negligence. Yes. <laughs>
1: But I have the skills that shouldn't have worked. I had like a two in hacking.
0: Because <laughs> it's Traveler. Right. <laughs> oh my God. It's beautiful.
1: So that was my, my epic fail moment. Yeah.
2: Nice. <laughs> it's good. I'm trying to think. I don't often play. That's the problem.
3: Oh, yeah. It, it yeah.
2: can be
1: an I epic fail GM. That's fine yeah. too.
2: I, I think the. Um... I I, I I also tend to run games that give a lot of leeway to mm-hmm. to GMs. Like you don't have to fudge dice in the games that I run because the, a lot of the agency comes with the players. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I can give. It's kind of a weird example, but I'll try. the The uh, there was a game where we played was Great American Witch, which has come up quite a bit today. Uh, but <laughs> in, in that game, um, the uh, there was a, an entry into the afterlife, which happens a lot in my games, as it happens. But the um, one of the characters realized that they were going to have to stay, that they were basically going to have to end their mm-hmm. life here. Mm-hmm. And um, as part of a bargain, because this character made a deal with a fae, and the they had to Got come her. and collect the debt. Mm-hmm. And so as she had realized at this point, I oh, I'm not coming back. And so she said, OK, uh, deals, you're right. And then at that moment. Uh the, in, in Great American Witch you decide when your character dies. It's one of those games where you don't you you, you have a lot of agency on that front. <laughs> um and she said, Yeah, I guess this is the moment and the narrative has to take my character. And so um uh the the debt collector or the Fae just basically hit her. Bam and, and the soul was gone. <laughs> Sorry, I hit the mic. <laughs> okay. But the soul was gone, and, Very and, dramatic. and, and everybody mm-hmm. that was in the group was shocked because they were like I didn't get to say goodbye. It's gone. Oh. She's gone, just like that. Uh-oh. And she was like the the mother of the coven. Yeah. I mean, she was really loved. Oh, and, that's And and I realized I had made a mistake that I went ahead and did what I was supposed to do, but I never I didn't give the the player agency, and so I just I just kind of. It, 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 no, no take backsies You know, I had to. I already, it was already in the narrative. I could have just stopped the game and say, "Wait, is this a concern? Do we need to address it?" But mm-hmm. I didn't. A little bit later, I decided, as as the story climax, to bring it back, and because they they were leaving the afterlife, and then I allowed, you know, the, the, that's where her spirit was, so then they could go and say goodbye before they left the afterlife,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: that was actually a better moment mm-hmm um then if they had said goodbye at that moment and yeah and, I, and it was a correction that i had to make behind the scenes but um but yeah i guess that's an example yeah
1: absolutely that's yeah. a great example yeah because yeah. yeah. not all not all failures are mechanical right it's not the dice always that makes the mistake you know
3: hmm yeah so, uh, so I have one, one of my favorites was I was playing D and D this was back in 3.5 days back uh when I was in grad school in Ohio. Um, and, uh, one of my closest friends, uh, of all time and favorite GM's Zach was running a game for us. Um, I, I've probably talked about this game before, but, but I was playing, um, I was playing my, uh, boy whore fire sorcerer and, um, a former boy whore, sorry. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I was, I was playing this character that was very, Flamboyant and dynamic and uh and and really just like the um the life of the party uh in a lot of ways in the, in the you know also the snark of the party the flirtation of the party you know um i, I was basically playing Joey um <laughs> everybody loved my character uh, even though he was really snarky um but uh but he was very curious about magic stuff and we did we found this tome and, um and it was like one of those, like, oh, this is like all kinds of evilness about it. And it's, uh, you know, and it's clearly got some dark markings and some forbidden language and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I read it. <laughs> and, uh and Zach's like, Wait, Adam, I was not unclear about the description of this. <laughs> Are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, I have to. I'm like, this is. This is what Valligan would do. this is what my character would do um but but it was like, no, I have to. I feel like this is this is a very important kind of thing that he can't resist. this is not in his nature to resist this kind of a risk and um, and so uh, so so he's like, okay, give me a will save natural one nice. <laughs> and he's like, I told you <laughs> and I'm like, I had to read it. And he's like, hand me your character sheet. I'm like, uh, No longer playable. No longer playable. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and it was like. You know, it, it, I, I did it. I chose that yeah. I wanted my character to do this. I wanted the character to have this risk to take. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then so, you know, so I, I instantly rolled up a, a, you know, a war wizard and, uh, and came up with a new character and we got him joined into the party soon. And we had some really fun dynamic interactions with that trade off. Um, one of, this is one of my favorite, uh, favorite stories of any games I've done is that so, so my fire sorcerer, Velagir, he kept. We had a um. Uh, we had this ki- this uh paladin, or or maybe it's just fighter, fighter or paladin. But he was on the road to becoming a purple dragon knight of Cormier, and they're like, you know, super like super badass knights. And um, but he was like this this farm kid, this simple farm kid who was trying to work this way up into knighthood, and so. So he kept saying things that, like, simple Farg kids would in social situations. And me with my 19 charisma would just, like, would just, like, sort of, like, pull the, the NPC aside and go, he's from Cormier. <laughs> and oh. you know, and, and you're like, oh, okay. And you know, and then I'd roll and get us out of the horrible situation that his mouth no, had gotten messy. His
1: grandma's name is Ruby, and then it's <laughs> Opal and pearl. <laughs> pearl
3: right, yeah, Ruby, <laughs> Apple, and pearl. and uh, so, so, so I kept like, this was a constant running thing. That gag, like every session, there was some point where I pulled somebody aside and goes, he's from Cormier. <laughs> and, uh, and so, so I created a, War wizard from Cormier, <gasps> nice. but like, you know, very sophisticated and, uh, and all that. And, um, and so, so like the first or second session with my new replacement character, uh, you know, um, uh, our friend Seth, who played the, the kid from Cormier, he makes some sort of like boneheaded remark and he just, and he, he looks over at my character with these like apologetic eyes. He's like, sorry, I'm from Cormier. <laughs> Just <laughs> glared at him like, so am I. <laughs> what is that supposed to be? Nice. And it was, it was one of our favorite character moments in this whole thing. We all, we all really loved that interaction. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, but it was, uh, but, but eventually what it led to was, uh, was despite me being perfectly fine having given up. Velagen and 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 moving on to this War Wizard, the rest of the party was like, "We have to get him back. We have to save him." And so they derailed a whole bunch of things that Zach had planned mm-hmm. to go off and find a, a cure for my character's new madness, and then mm-hmm. go rescue him from a plane and and bring him back and and restore. Yeah, created him. a whole other campaign. A I whole nother campaign, yeah. And, and I think. Yeah. And I so, think yeah. that
1: answers kind of the second question yeah. that Bill asked. What advice would you give to GMs on how to find the silver lining in the dark cloud of this moment? Mm-hmm. I think the silver lining and often the great gift that is given to you by these moments is, is weaving it into the story yeah. Yeah. and having it be part of a larger tale. It's not, it's not the end, just like what you did in your game, Bill. It's, you know, a very important historic moment now Mm -hmm. that can be the launching point for a new hero's story or, like, deepen the bond between a coven of witches who've lost someone they all mutually respect or the thing that Mm -hmm. inspires a whole party to go off in a whole different direction (laughs) to save their friends who disappeared. Mm -hmm. Like, these moments can actually be the ones that Years later, even if you don't remember the system you were playing, you're like, Oh, yeah. I remember that moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So
1: these are actually the most poignant ones sometimes that we remember much more than the awesome, like, Oh, I rolled a perfect 20. <laughs> right. <You're laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Totally. Totally. Yeah.
0: yeah. So like yeah. own
1: it. Pick them yeah. up and, and. Make them the new kind of foundation for what you're going to yeah. move your story on
2: with. Yeah, stories happen with drama and conflict. Yeah, not, yeah. Not not with you know roses yeah. and daisies. Nothing wrong yeah, exactly. with roses and daisies. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think like you know if 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 all you ever experience is success, there's not. It's not nearly as fun. And some of the best moments I've had in G- in gaming and the ones I remember the most are usually the ones that come from snake eyes or a natural one uh, yeah. you know or drawing drawing the two uh you know <laughs> those are the moments you remember usually a lot more than you remember the 20s and the box cars and the you know yeah. Uh, yeah yeah
1: and i think as the gm just remember if it happens that a character is sacrificed or loses or there's some big moment honor it yeah and yeah. pay a lot of attention to it a lot of times you can feel the the Impulse to minimize it because you don't want to make the player feel bad, but that can make them feel worse. Like, oh, "Oh," you know, they they are the hero that sacrificed themselves for this or whatever it is, and and like like make it a focal point of your story. It should it should be a big deal. Yeah. So make sure you don't just like brush over it in a hurry to get to a win moment.
3: Yeah, yeah, really good advice. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, I think I think that's the end of today's topics Bill
3: from southern california Thanks. yeah <laughs> welcome back Bill. Soon,
1: yes very soon uh so thank you for joining us for season 30 episode seven of the happy jacks rpg podcast my name is kimmy
3: my name is adam i am chris totally.
1: uh please don't forget jackercon <laughs> is happening july 22nd through the 25th games happen all different time zones around the world. Please check out happyjacks.org slash JC for more information, to find the link to the Discord and all the information to participate. It's fine if you want to just come play. You do not yeah. need to feel obligated to run games. We will have lots of GMs. If you want to run a game, cool, no problem. Um, and feel free to come run if you are developing games. Like It's a great community for trying out games and getting feedback, I know from experience. <laughs> So,
3: um, and can I, oh, yeah. Can I plug something I'm, I'm excited about right now? Um, so, uh, if you've read the, the graphic or the graphic comic series, uh, Die by Kieran Gillen and I think her name's Sophie Hans, mm-hmm. uh, um, it, it's, it's phenomenal and it is about role playing gone wrong and it's really th- amazing story. It's very tragic, lots of triggering kind of content, very, very dark. Um, um but it's so good um but Kieran Gillen create who is a comic book writer and one of the best uh honestly um uh created this entire role playing game system to to uh, to use as the basis for this story and uh and uh, and there was so much demand for it from people reading the comics that, uh, that he has published it. Oh. And so there's a Kickstarter out right now. It's, uh, it's called, uh, Die the RPG, I think. Um, uh, but anyway, just, just search for, uh, Kieran Gillen is K-I-E-R-A-N and G-I-L-L-E-N. I believe it's the correct spelling. Yeah. But, um, but search for that. The Kickstarter's out. It's it's, it looks like it's going to be beautiful. Lots of art from, uh, from artists, uh, who worked on the series and, and, uh, pick up the graphic novels if you can. If, if you're into that, uh, they're so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now,
1: uh, just heads up. Happy Jacks isn't involved in Correct. that Kickstarter. So yes. Adam really yes. loves yes. it and is very interested in it. Yes.
3: This is not a Happy Jacks <laughs> recommendation. This is an Adam, uh, plug just because I want to. I'm yep. not being paid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. We don't do um, the, the, Yes, correct. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that yeah. Was um, yeah.
1: So awesome. Um, and I will definitely check that out. Yeah. Fantastic. yeah.
3: It's, oh, it's so fascinating. Such yeah. a good story. So good.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yes. Um, thank you. Check out JackerCon, and we will leave you the song tonight. We're going to leave you with a jazz version of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher <laughs> nice. by this band called The Mary Sue's. And you can find them at mm-hmm. MarySue'sBand.com.
3: Now, who are so- The Mary Sue's? <laughs> yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> it <laughs> is. All right.
1: We'll see you all. Thank you all. And catch you next week.
3: Bye.
0: a coin to your witcher, O oh valley of plenty, O oh valley of plenty, oh, toss a coin to your witcher, O oh valley of plenty, when a humble bard graced a ride along, with Geralt of Rivia, along came this song, when the white wolf fought. Silver-tongued devil, his army of elves at his feet they did revel. They came after me, masterful deceit, broke down my loot and kicked in my teeth. When the devil's horns minced our tender meat, and so cried the witcher, he can't be bleed. Toss a coin to your witcher O oh valley of plenty O oh valley of plenty oh. Toss a coin to your witcher O oh valley of plenty The edge of the world Fight the mighty horde That bashes and breaks you And brings you to morn He thrusts every elf Far back on the shelf High up on the mountain From where they did come He wiped out your pest Got kicked in the chest A friend of humanity So give him the rest That's my epic tale Champion prevailed Defeated the villain Now pour him some air Toss a coin to your witcher, O oh Valley of Plenty, O oh Valley of Plenty, ho! Oh. Toss a coin to your witcher, O oh Valley of Plenty.
1: This show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song was played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts.